Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from Odell Beckham Jr.'s New Digs in L.A. It's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jenna and the <laughs> Sherpa. Jenna, how are you tonight? Well, I'm not nearly as good as Cam Newton is, um, and and I guess now Odell Beckham Jr., who I think is turning into Deshaun Jackson light. I'm I'm feeling like that's the career track he's on now. He's showing up for a primetime game to sign him one-year deals and make a couple of big catches o- over the next few weeks, and then he'll be on to the next one-year deal. This will be a cycle that continues on forever, a tale as old as time. <laughs> so who do you think is um, more likely to have a fantasy impact for the rest of the season between Cam Newton and Odell Beckham Jr.? I just I, – I think that it's – Probably Cam Newton, as much as I don't want to say that. I just don't know where Odell fits in this Rams offense. Like, the the wide receivers there already feel like they're not getting enough enough targets. Like, Robert Woods, our, our buddy Bobby Trees, was already upset he wasn't getting looked at enough. And now you're going to put Odell Beckham Jr. in there. Like, are you just going to play with one less lineman? Like, how are you even going to put all these guys on the field? What do you think? Which way are you going on this? I'm actually going to go Odell Beckham Jr. just because I think the Panthers are a lost cause at this point. I mean, maybe Cam Newton. They seem to still think they're a contender. Spending $10 million for a quarterback. I mean, they know their team better than I do, but I don't see it that way from my uh, um, perch up here in the catbird seat. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I just – I look at what the Rams are doing. First of all, the Rams weren't really even on – anybody's radar when I was looking at the list of teams the last couple of days that you know all the so-called experts were projecting he was going to wind up with and it seemed like you know the front runners were Green Bay and Kansas City and New Orleans and then there were a few other teams that you know you know people were mentioning as possibilities like the Raiders and all that you know you have a clear and obvious yeah. need for them but the Rams I don't think were on anybody's radar, but then you look at it and you say, well, it kind of makes sense. You know, you go back to, um, I mean, he doesn't have the relationship with uh, Matthew Stafford that Antonio Brown had with uh, Tom Brady coming into this, at least as far as I know, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, they played together in one Pro Bowl. That was it. Yeah, but I just, I mean, this just seems like Odell Beckham Jr. trying to chase a ring and maybe rebuild his value for hitting free agency again in the off season. But yeah, I just, yeah. You know, and I, somehow the Buccaneers made it work with Antonio Brown last year. And even though yeah. they already had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who, you know, you would think they wouldn't really need anything else, but Antonio Brown turned out to be a pretty key part for them down the stretch. So we'll see. That's, I think a best case for Odell Beckham Jr. The worst case, I think, or maybe more of an expected case is what you were talking about before, that, you know, people that already weren't getting enough uh, targets there are thinking they weren't getting enough targets, all of a sudden you get even fewer. But uh, then again, after the Rams uh, showing last week, maybe they, um, you know, maybe they decide that, uh, you know, that they're better off, uh, stockpiling some more uh, offensive power? Maybe. I mean, after last week, do we know if anyone's good at football anymore? Like, I don't know what which end is up. Uh, I think all we do know is that we don't know anything. Like, <laughs> it's 
I was well, not for, couple... for picking things. Yeah, it definitely was, unless you were me, but I'm gloating. But uh, anyway. <laughs> you should um, gloat. You're like the only person on the planet no. that should be gloating right now. <laughs> no, no. I'm just, it was luck. Yeah. But um, the point being that we were we talked about this maybe back in week four or five. You looked in the AFC and you said, okay, Buffalo and Baltimore, clearly the class of the conference, and then there's everybody else. And right. the... NFC, you looked and you thought, well, there are probably four or five teams, you know, Cardinals, Rams, Cowboys, Buccaneers, maybe the Packers mm-hmm. that, you know, you could see as Super Bowl contenders and that you could pretty confidently say that it looked like the Super Bowl champion was going to be one of those seven teams. And now, you know, what's happened in the AFC, you know, Buffalo loses, Baltimore lost two weeks ago, had another close call this past week. You know, Kansas City, mm-hmm. are they going to come back? Is Pittsburgh Rounding into form is Cleveland, a team that's going to you know, continue to improve. Is Indianapolis, you know, you just now I feel like I know less than I did, you know, three or four weeks ago. Three or four weeks ago, I was pretty sure I had a beat on the AFC, not so much on the NFC. Now I feel like it could be any yeah. one of half a dozen teams in either conference. And it's just a matter of who's going to get hot and stay healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, and try to avoid COVID. We got a lot of that this week too. There's, there's a lot going on in the league, <laughs> for sure. Um, let's let's start with, if this is your first time, welcome. <laughs> we'll be with you for an hour till 8 p.m. Eastern time, and then we'll be back next week on our regularly scheduled Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. We are in our 12th season. We're north of 200 episodes. If you miss one, if you need someone to keep you company on your commute, you can find us anywhere you download your favorite podcast. There's plenty of things to listen to should you need our voices and our opinions just a little more often than once a week, and we we totally understand that. We'll be giving you everything you need to know to win your daily fantasy league, your season-long fantasy league, and just sound smarter than everyone else at the water cooler. We've got your injuries, news, notes, your waiver wire pickups, who to start, who to sit, game predictions, daily fantasy picks, all of it we've got right here for you. And we've got four teams on a bye this week, which isn't going to hurt us quite as much as normal because it's the Bears, the Texans, the Giants, and then the Bengals. So really we're not replacing a ton of offense, but we still have some holes to fill. Um, We've got some guys who have new teams. We've got some babies being born. We've got players coming back. We've got an awful lot of COVID in the league. And, uh, of course, we've got injuries. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll dive right in. Uh, As we alluded to at the top of the show, Odell Beckham Jr. has agreed to a one-year deal with the Rams. We're not sure where he's going to play yet, but I'm sure by Monday night when they play, he'll be in L.A. with a jersey on the sidelines. You can bet on that. In Carolina, Cam Newton has signed uh, a one-year deal with the Panthers, quote-unquote, coming home. $4.5 million guaranteed, $1.5 million just for making the roster, and could be as much as $10 million should he hit some more qualifying things, which is absolutely absurd. Um, And the reason that Cam Newton is getting a a truckload of money from the Panthers is not just because he finally got vaccinated, good for him, um, but because Sam Darnold suffered a partially – fractured shoulder during the game last week, kept playing, just said his shoulder was a little sore after the game and got an MRI, and they realized, like, his bones weren't all together. Um, But it is my favorite joke of the week that he couldn't even complete a fracture. 
so he's going to be out four to six weeks. And they also signed Matt Barkley off the Titans practice squad. P.J. Walker is going to be your starter at least this week. And then from there, it's anyone's guess. Um, so, unfortunately, we're going to have to see Cam in terrible outfits going into the stadium again every Sunday morning. But I guess we'll learn to live with that. Out in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz's wife is going to give birth to their daughter, like, any minute now. Uh, so the team has them listed as questionable because most normal people want to be there when their child is born. However, Carson Wentz has said that he's going to be playing in this game no matter what, and he told his wife he'd see her at the hospital after the game on Sunday. So it seems like maybe he's been given the green light by his family to continue playing football. I would be just just have a plan B, but he seems pretty set on playing, and I kind of like it. Uh, in other quarterback games, we're going to get Russell Wilson well, back. The Eagles fans are probably Packers. trying to figure out how they can slow down the labor, make it happen oh, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I can tell you. Or actually, um, they want to induce labor because they get yeah. the first round pick of the Colts. A lot of them were very upset that that Carson Wentz didn't get taken out of that Jets game last week. <laughs> like, yeah, that was funny. Calculating snaps as we go. <laughs> Um, it's funny, the Eagles news. fans are more interested in the Colts picks than their own, and the Giants fans are more oh, interested in how the Bears do than they are in their own picks. So, Well, in all fairness, both the Eagles and the Giants are pretty much just squandering any of the picks they're making. So the only team worse at it right now is the Raiders, who released another first-round pick from last year because he posted on his own social media account a video of himself waving guns around threatening to kill someone and thought that would be fine. Um so things are, are not getting any better in Las Vegas. We shouldn't be surprised that maybe this wasn't the team to move to Vegas. Uh, also, maybe a driving portion should be a part of their scouting process because that seems to be a real issue. Um, but in Seattle, Russell Wilson's going to be back this week. The Geno Smith experiment is finally, thankfully, over. He's Russell Wilson has missed last month with that fractured middle finger. The pin's out. He's on the practice field looking good. I'm fired up about it. And then in the COVID portion of our injury report, um, the Browns' entire running back room, save for Ernest Johnson, has tested positive for COVID. Ernest Johnson is the only healthy active running back on their roster right now, and no one's really sure. It looks like maybe Nick Chubb has the best chance of being activated before Sunday's game, but it's not a given. They are all vaccinated, so with two negative tests, they can be back. They just have to get those two negative tests and not have any symptoms. So keep an eye on that. That's certainly going to play uh, a role here in the Cleveland game. The Bengals also put two defensive players on the COVID list over the last two days. Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims tested positive on Tuesday. The Broncos put quarterback Drew Locke uh, on the COVID list on Sunday. He tested positive pregame. They also put two defensive players on the COVID list this week as well. The Cardinals are getting A.J. Brown back. Um, from or I'm sorry, from uh, being uh, actually having COVID last year. I'm sorry, AJ Green from having COVID last week. Uh, he was activated today. He was limited at practice, but he is going to play. And uh, hopefully, no one else is getting it in any of these locker rooms. However, in Green Bay, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. He's questionable for this week. He's not eligible to come back off the COVID list until Saturday, and that's if he has no symptoms between now and then. And then he has to pass some physical test to be cleared to play. You're not going to know until Sunday whether or not he's going to be under center. So if he's your only quarterback and you're like me and had to pick up Daniel Jones last week to fill the void, try to start looking for a plan B because there's a chance he could not play. It's a small chance, but it's still a chance. Also in Dallas, 
Greg the Leg, Greg Legatron, Greg Zorline. Uh, he's got COVID. They brought in a bunch of new kickers yesterday. And in Minnesota, uh, offensive lineman Dakota Dozier, who is vaccinated, has COVID, was actually hospitalized yesterday. He was rushed to the emergency room having trouble breathing. He's still in the hospital. He's stable now, but the Vikings have identified 29 close contacts to him within the organization who are being tested daily. That's players, coaches, and five of their players are in isolation this past week because they're not vaccinated. So the Vikings certainly could be seeing more players hit the COVID list before the game this week. So these are the teams that are kind of hot spots you want to keep an eye on. If you have players there, you should really make sure that you're not going to be stuck in the lurch come Sunday morning. Uh, then moving on to actual injuries, not of the COVID variety. In Arizona, running back Chase Edmonds suffered a high ankle sprain during the game last week. He's likely out three to four weeks. They haven't put him on IR yet. They probably will on Friday. That tends to be what people do. Um, but James Conner certainly came into his own and scored like a million points last week, so I think they'll be okay. Wide receiver Rondell Moore has a concussion. He's not practicing. It's really going to come down to whether or not he gets cleared by Friday. That's usually the indicator. DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't play last week, is still dealing with that hamstring injury, still not practicing, and he's, quote, very day-to-day. He's definitely questionable, and that's going to be a game-time decision. It doesn't sound like he's trending in the right direction as of now, but hopefully that changes in the next few days. And quarterback Kyler Murray didn't play last week as well. He was kind of a surprise late scratch. He's dealing with an ankle injury, but he says it's feeling a lot better this week. He seems pretty optimistic he's going to play, so I'm taking that as a good sign. He's on track to play. Um, also worth noting, Buda Baker is questionable with concussion. He's not practicing, so he has not come out of the protocol yet. So that's a, a defensive question mark for them as well. In Baltimore, the game's going to kick off in about an hour and change. Uh, wide receiver Sammy Watkins actually had a full practice yesterday. It's the first time in like a month and a half. He's been dealing with a thigh injury, hasn't played the last three weeks. He's questionable coming into tonight, but he is going to be active. How much he plays, I don't know. Running back Latavius Murray has been ruled out for tonight. He's still not practicing with that ankle injury. It doesn't look like it's it's progressing much, so I'd be a little concerned with him long-term on your fantasy team. On the Buffalo side of things, running back Zach Moss uh, is dealing with a concussion. He's been limited at practice, uh, but he was actually practicing, so that's a good sign. He's probably going to get, quote-unquote, activated out of the protocol tomorrow, so it looks like he'll be fine to play this week. Wide receiver Colt Beasley is dealing with rib injuries. He's not practicing. I'd say he's much more of a game-time decision going into the weekend, especially with a, a game that maybe they don't necessarily need to have him suit up, but we'll see. And backup quarterback Mitchell Trubisky is still on the COVID list. He tested positive at the end of last week and still has not come off. So either he's not vaccinated or he's got symptoms. Either way, just keep an eye on that because, again, this can spread. Uh, running back Damian Williams uh, in Chicago, just keep an eye on. He is uh, dealing with a knee injury. He, if they were playing this week, probably wouldn't be under center. So, again, if you have him under lineup, just keep an eye out on that. Uh, in Cleveland, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, who is now without his BFF, Odell Beckham Jr., was limited to practice. He's dealing with a knee injury. He's going to be questionable. This is kind of how it's going to be for the rest of the season. He's going to play through it, though. Uh, a little more concerning is defensive end Miles Garrett not practicing. He's dealing with a foot injury and looks like he's going to be uh, much more up in the air coming down the stretch. Could be important, especially if maybe you don't have any running backs score points. You might need your defense healthy. Out in Dallas, they're still licking their wounds from uh, the beatdown they got last week and a few injuries that were accrued as well, including wide receiver Amari Cooper dealing with a hamstring injury. He's got a strain He's, he's limited to practice. He's going to play this week unless, like, his leg falls off at this point. 
Wide receiver Michael Gallup has been teasing everyone the last three weeks, but whether or not he's going to play, he's finally going to play this week. He's missed the last eight games on IR with a calf injury. And then because apparently calf injuries are contagious, defensive end Randy Gregory strained his calf yesterday at practice. He's on IR. He's out the next three weeks. <laughs> Tight end Blake Darwin also on IR. He's got a hip injury. He might be done for the season. And running back Ezekiel Elliott missed parts of last week's game. He was in and out with a knee injury. Had a heating pad on it. Not really sure what that's going to do for it, but he's been limited to practice. Uh, looks like he's going to play. How much? Hard to say. But he's going to be on the field this week. In Denver, uh, wide receiver Tim Patrick and K.J. Hinton were both limited at practice. They're both questionable. Patrick's dealing with a knee injury, which uh, knocked him out of the game last week. K.J. Hinton's dealing with a shoulder injury um, against a beleaguered Eagles defense. You probably want either of them to be healthy in play, but keep an eye on that. Also worth noting, Patrick Sertan is not practicing. He's dealing with a knee injury. He could be out a couple of weeks. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So if you're deciding whether or not to start Jalen Hurts, maybe that plays into your uh, decision-making there. In Detroit running back, uh, Jamal Williams is not practicing. Dealing with a thigh injury, he was on the field working out, so it looks like he may be on track to play. Keep an eye on him. They also designated two cornerbacks to return from IR this week, so that defense might get a little healthier, so that might actually help something. Something's got to go right in Detroit. Uh, In Indianapolis, like I said, Carson Wentz's wife, Going to have a baby any second, but in better news, Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, who missed last week's game with a concussion, was limited to practice today. He's questionable. It'll be a game-time decision, but the fact that he's actually practicing is a very good sign. And in Indy, quarterback Xavier Rhodes is day-to-day with a calf injury. That's a big piece of their defense, so keep an eye on him. In Jacksonville, the beneficiaries of the Manning Cast curse last week, uh, running back James Robinson didn't play, but that didn't matter because he only needed field goals to win that game. He's still dealing with that ankle sprain slash heel injury. He's back at practice. He's going to play this week. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence also is dealing with a sprained ankle. He was limited to practice. He's going to play this week. They're going to list him as questionable all week long. Uh, In Kansas City, they need a little bit of good news, and I think it's coming in the form of running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He has been on IR with a kind of scary-looking knee injury, but he looked great at practice yesterday. Could play as early as this week. They could certainly use it. Out in Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas, formerly Oakland, Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro has been limited to practice with an ankle injury. Staying out west, Chargers running back Josh, Justin Jackson is not practicing. He's dealing with a quad injury. Keep an eye on that one. It's probably going to go down to game time. Same thing with wide receiver Keenan Allen. He's not practicing. He's dealing with a knee injury, but he doesn't usually practice midweek. He's a little too beat up all the time. So I would say he's got a much better chance playing this week. Also keep in mind that quarterback Matthew Stafford suffered a sprained ankle during the game last week. He's going to play. The dude runs out there with broken backs. I'm not worried about him playing on a sprained ankle, and you shouldn't be either. Your biggest concern is how he's going to figure out who to throw to. In Miami, uh, like we said, they are playing tonight. Quarterback Tuatunga Vailoa is not going to be under center for the second straight week. He fractured his middle finger during practice last week and couldn't play through it. He's having trouble gripping the ball. So Jacoby Brissett is going to start again for them. We also put wide receiver Devontae Parker on IR at the end of last week with shoulder and hamstring injuries. And Will Fuller is still not coming off IR. He's been dealing with a broken finger, but has, quote, received favorable news. So his future sounds like a Chinese fortune cookie. Who knows when he'll be back? 
<laughs> in New England. Running backs Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson are both dealing with concussions, both not practicing, and not sure who, if either of them, are going to get cleared by the end of the week. It would be nice if they had a running back, but maybe they're going to go with the Cleveland plan and just, you know, run a couple extra tight ends out there or something. Wide receiver Nikhil Harry is dealing with a knee injury. He was limited to practice. He's going to be questionable going into the weekend, as well as tight end Johnny Smith, who's been dealing with a shoulder injury. He was also limited today at practice. More concerning news that I don't feel like is being talked about enough is Alvin Kamara out in New Orleans. He's missed two straight practices with a knee injury, so definitely keep an eye on him coming down to the weekend now that they have Mark Ingram back. They may be prone to sitting him down. Um, and for those of you in deeper leagues, wide receiver Ty Montgomery is dealing with a hamstring injury. Looks like he's got a chance of not playing this week. Sherpa's Giants are on a bye this week, but somehow still managed to get injured. They put wide receiver Dante Bettis on IR. He's going to be out at least three the next three games with a shoulder injury. And the Jets. I mean, they almost had something great happening with Mike White. Got injured during the second quarter last week with a forearm injury. Josh Johnson came in and threw over 300 yards and almost won the game. But quarterback Zach Wilson, who's been dealing with an injury, is coming back to practice this week. Although they're saying Mike White is still going to be the starter and Joe Flacco is going to be the backup. So Josh Johnson, who threw for over 300 yards and was actually much more effective than I thought he would be, is actually like somehow worse off after that. So the Jets are still the Jets. In their backfield, Tevin Coleman's dealing with a hamstring injury. He's been limited. They also had to put tight end Tyler Croft on IR with a chest injury. So neither of those are things you want to not be uh, on the field this week if the Jets have any chance of winning. But hopefully Mike White comes back and is awesome. We just don't know yet. In Pittsburgh, running back Najee Harris is dealing with a foot injury that he suffered at some point during the game last week. He clearly played through it. He was limited at practice. He's questionable. Unless there's some kind of major setback, he's still going to play this week because, quite frankly, they don't have any of their offense. Wide receiver Chase Claypool is not practicing with a toe injury. He's going to be a game-time decision this week. So, all of a sudden, there might not be any wide receivers to go to for Ben Roethlisberger, who's also not practicing with shoulder and pectoral muscle injuries. He's going to play, but, I mean, he didn't need to be any more injured. <laughs> Out in San Francisco, wide receiver Debo Samuels has been limited to practice all week. He is dealing with those contagious calf injuries. He's going to keep playing through it unless there's a major setback. Same thing with tight end George Kittle, who's officially listed as questionable with his calf injury. Running back Elijah Mitchell has been limited as well this week with rib injuries. Um, So keep an eye on him. In Seattle, they're actually getting a little healthier, not just Russell Wilson this week, but it looks like Chris Carson's going to be activated back off IR. Uh, He's been dealing with a neck injury, but it's supposedly pain-free now, so that's a very good sign, especially because running back Alex Collins is still being hampered by that groin injury and has been limited all week long at practice. In Tampa Bay, tight end Rob Gronkowski is likely not playing this week. There's a slim to none chance, uh, and Bruce Arian says he's not going to be healthy for at least two to three more weeks. So this back injury is uh, a little more serious than I guess they wanted us to believe earlier. Wide receiver Antonio Brown still not practicing. He's not walking around on crutches anymore, but I'd be really surprised if he played this week. Same thing wide receiver Chris Godwin popped up on the injury report today. Uh, He's not practicing. He's dealing with a foot injury, so keep an eye on that because he's prone to all of a sudden at about 1130 on Sunday morning not being active. So have a plan B there. In Tennessee, wide receiver Julio Jones is unlimited. He's pretty much always limited on Wednesdays and Thursdays, so I'm not too worried there. 
that's the same hamstring injury that's been giving him trouble. And out in the WTF, the Washington football team, running back Antonio Gibson, still dealing with that shin injury, still questionable, still going to be seeing less uh, less touches than pretty much everyone else, mostly named J.D. McKissick. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel is doubtful. He's dealing with that groin injury. He's now being reevaluated by doctors, which doesn't sound very promising. But in the one piece of good news for the WTF, uh, tight end Logan Thomas, who's been out for the last couple of months is, with a hamstring injury, has not yet been designated to return from IR, but he was doing some work on the practice field just on his own. So at least that is a step in the right direction. Sherpa, what have you done in pretty much the entire bye week you had while I was going through all those injuries? I went over to the local grocery store and was turkey bowling in the aisles. Good. You got to mix it up. Also, I people, only had a keep 75, which is a little bit below my average, <laughs> but uh, there's still we're, time to We're only two weeks away from our, our turkey episode where we name our turkeys for the year. So everyone, put that on your calendar. Get yourselves ready. <laughs> Hopefully it will be overdone. Hopefully not. But, yeah, I know the waiver lives pickups are maybe a little slim this week, but do you have anyone you like to fill some of these holes? Sure. Um, running back wise, uh, Jared Patterson for Washington. I know you mentioned J.D. McKissick, but Jared Patterson actually got you know, almost a dozen carries uh, in the last weekend's game. and I, I mean, in their last game, and I think that he might uh, actually be the lead back if something were to happen to Antonio Gibson. So if you have Room to stash somebody. I mean, he's a guy I would look at. Uh, short term, you know, Jordan Howard for the Eagles seems to have reestablished you know, his value playing at Denver this week. Uh, Ramondra Stevenson, as you mentioned, still widely available, uh, maybe concussed, maybe not uh, by Sunday, but uh, playing the Cleveland defense that might be missing Miles Garrett. Um, tonight, Devonta Freeman with um, Baltimore going up against Miami. Ty Johnson of the Jets going up against Buffalo. Eno Benjamin, who is now uh, the backup running back to uh, James Conner in Carolina, in uh, Arizona, thanks to uh, Chase Edmonds' injury. Uh, Dante Foreman, who was actually the um, Titans' leading ball carrier this uh, past week. Um, I didn't realize he was still in the league after he got cut by the Texans, but there he is. Yeah. And then uh, Sony Michelle uh, still still widely available, um, uh, even if he continues to back up uh, and continues to be just uh, one uh, Daryl Henderson uh, injury away from fantasy relevance. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And when you care you to add to the list? Or... How are you feeling about Adrian Peterson? What do you, what do you, you think he, he becomes any more valuable this week, or are you still not sure how you feel about I, I don't know. I mean – Again, they gave more carries to Foreman last week than they did to Peterson. And Foreman was, you know, just new to the team as well, I think. So, yeah, you know, that doesn't bode well for Adrian Peterson. He's but, still, you know, who knows? I, I would say points, I I think. He's almost, he's almost still a flex option, I feel like. If I had Adrian Peterson on my – if I had picked him up last week, I would probably hold him for another week and see if uh, his fortunes improve there. But – if you know you go through another week and you know you know Dante Foreman is still their uh, 
you know, leading carrier this week, then you mm-hmm. know, I think it's probably time to just cut bait with him and uh, with uh, Adrian Peterson and move on. But we'll see. Hopefully for his sake, he has a um, a better, you know, more opportunity this week than he did last weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm hanging on to him for another week, and then then we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, moving on to wide receivers, um, Elijah Moore with the Jets uh, going against Buffalo, and I have to just you know on a tangent here, I have to give uh, kudos to you for uh, saying that the uh, Jacksonville <laughs> Buffalo game was going to be close. <laughs> I I think I was I was um, very dismissive. Uh, last week of, of that notion, but it turned out you were right and I was wrong. I don't so, blame you. Uh, I can tell you, I made I made a nice chunk of change bet, betting on the Jaguars to cover this week. <laughs> I'll bet. I will, I will um, take that to the bank. <laughs> only the Zacchaeus uh, going up against uh, Dallas for the Falcons. Uh, Tim Patrick is banged up. If he's healthy enough to play, he makes a nice flex option against the Eagles. In a home game this week, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, Peoples-Jones, I always forget the plural there, Donovan Peoples-Jones <laughs> going up against uh, New England and, you know, with Jarvis Landry, uh, questionable health and OBJ mm-hmm. not in town anymore. You know, he may be, um, he may be um, Baker Mayfield's favorite option there. Marquez Callaway, still not sure what's going on with him. But uh, he's still you know, primary target in uh, New Orleans, and especially with OBJ not there now, that should um, you know, enhance his job security. Rashad Bateman uh, playing tonight against Miami. Van Jefferson, uh, who I forgot about before when we were talking about you know, Rams receivers and targets, he gets, I guess, bumped down to number four exactly. by default there's, now. There's but uh, he's having a pretty nice season for himself so far, but we'll see what happens now. Uh, Russell Gage, uh, Jamal Agnew, Alan Lazard, Deontay Harris, and uh, Darnell Mooney, who's on a bye but makes a nice speculative uh, pickup um, if you're looking for wide receivers down the stretch. Yeah, and Alan Lazard, who's now $15,000 poorer along with Aaron Rodgers for violating COVID protocols, might be uh, a little more motivated to hit a couple of incentives to make some of that money back. So I'm hoping that makes him a little hungrier on the field. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably not going to make them more vaccinated, but that's another issue an for another day. <laughs> so, um, moving on to uh, quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield at the top of my list. Um, not quite sure why he's still widely available after last weekend's performance, but he is. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, nice matchup against Philadelphia. Ben Roethlisberger, an even nicer matchup against the Lions. Trevor Lawrence against Indianapolis. Taylor Heineke against Tampa, Mike White versus Buffalo, Trevor Semyon at Tennessee, P.J. Walker uh, with a short-lived starting gig, but he's got the Arizona defense this week. And uh, Justin Fields has shown some signs of life the last couple weeks. He's got him by this week, but again, if you need a speculative quarterback stash, uh, if you're already anticipating uh, your quarterback is either going to be injured or have COVID in the next week or two, then uh, Justin Fields might be a good stash. Yeah, I can get behind that. I'd feel a lot better if Matt Nagy got COVID again, or at least was for some reason away from the team, because that seems to work better for Justin Fields. But overall, it's definitely improving. Okay, um, 
tight end wise, uh, Pat Fryermuth is at the top of my list. He's had a couple Absolutely. nice games in a row now for the Steelers. Tyler Conklin mm-hmm. continues to have a nice season for the Vikings. Dan Arnold don't love the matchup this weekend against Indianapolis, but uh, if you're desperate for a plug and play this weekend, he's there. And if you're even more desperate, uh, Jeff Swaim, for some reason, seems to have found uh, the end zone two weekends in a row for uh, Tennessee. Not sure why Ryan Tannehill is uh, looking his way rather than Anthony Fricksers, but uh, there you have it. And if you're looking yeah, for we'll guys to stash who are on a bye this week, uh, Cole Komet and uh, Evan Ingram both showing signs of life last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Cole Komet has come back from the dead a little bit, which has been nice because had to use a month's bye week. All right, and then moving on to defenses, uh, pretty slim pickings this week, but a couple of widely available streaming options. You've got Seattle going against uh, Green Bay, which is a tasty matchup. If Aaron Rodgers is not the uh, Green Bay starting quarterback, and then uh, Kansas City going against a Las Vegas offense, which uh, seems to be going in the opposite direction, in the wrong direction um, last week. And we'll see. I don't think it's going to get any better for them this week. I don't either. Makes me sad, but I just there's there's not a lot of happiness there right now. It's just not going to no. get better. No. Yeah. So, um, shall we move on to uh, some position uh, picks and pans? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we certainly we've got got some interesting ones this week. Per usual, we'll see what we actually agree on. <laughs> um, probably um, not much, but probably not. Generally, we don't. But that's part of the fun. That's what keeps the people coming back. Um, I will start with running backs. I think Jonathan Taylor might still be running from the Jets game last week. I love him uh, in the matchup this week, even more so if Carson Wentz decides he needs to actually be at the hospital. Jonathan Taylor is going to carry that offense. Christian McCaffrey, who came back and didn't get hurt, which was very exciting. So, they're going to need him even more now. Austin Eckler at three, Najee Harris as long as he plays, which it looks like he will, uh, and James Conner running at my top five, Cordero Patterson, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and Elvin Kamara. Um, you'll be happy to know we only have a little bit of overlap. I think maybe half of our list overlap, but not much. Um, I do agree with you about Jonathan Taylor. He's actually third on my uh Top 10 list this week, uh, Leonard Fournette checking in at number one, Dalvin Cook two, Jonathan Taylor three, Ezekiel Elliott four, James Conner five, Devonta Freeman six, Ernest Johnson seven, Josh Jacobs eight, Daryl Henderson nine, and uh, Najee Harris rounding out my top 10. Okay. All right. Well, we got some. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell is on my list avoid list. list. Yeah, there's some names. Kenneth Gainwell is on it as well as Jordan Howard. If you're going to start an Eagles running back, which I really wouldn't recommend doing, Boston Scott's really the only one out of the bunch. Uh, Ty Johnson, Sony Michelle, Alex Collins, especially with Chris Carson coming back, Jamal Williams, Jerry McNichols, Mike Davis, Devontae Freeman, and Elijah Mitchell out in San Francisco. I've got Christian McCaffrey at the top of my list. I just don't think the Kane script is going to set up uh, well for him this week, but especially if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are back. But we'll see. If they're not back, maybe I like, I dislike him a little less, but uh, still not 
somebody I would recommend, just mainly I don't think Carolina is going to put up many points, which limits his uh, ceiling. Then James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, Carter, Jordan Howard, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, Ty Johnson, and Jamal Williams, all guys I'd want to uh, stay away from this week. And then a dishonorable mention to the other two uh, Eagles running backs, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. A lot of dishonorable mentions out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about wide receivers? Who do you like this week? Um, I got some names for you. Um, let's see here. Is um, Cooper Cup Mike at the top, Evans of, at the top of my list? Oh, okay. Mike Evans at the Mike Evans is at the top of my list. Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Michael Pittman, who's having himself a really uh, nice breakout season for Indianapolis, along with the Carson. Wentz resurgence, uh, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Jarvis Landry, if both of those guys are healthy enough to play, C.B. Lamb and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I've got the pool right that time. And the honorable mentions is Zach Pascal and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if he's healthy enough to play. Okay. Well, I'll be happy to know that some of your players are on my void list. Um, I have Cooper Cup at the top of my list. Devontae Adams at two, and that's really only if Aaron Rodgers plays. Tyreek Hill at three, Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson at five, and A.J. Brown at six. Mike Evans all the way down at seven on my list. D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and Keenan Allen rounding up my top ten. I have some of your players, at least uh, one of your players <laughs> on my avoid list, too. So Terry McLaurin at the top of my avoid list, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Moore, Marvin Jones, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Devonta Smith, Robbie Anderson, Elijah Moore, and Tyler Lockett rounding out my avoidance this week. And uh, dishonorable mention to Khalif Raymond, LaVisca Chenault, and Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah, yeah. I can't argue with those. Uh, Chase Claypool is at the top of my avoid list. Donovan Bill Jones is a close second. Russell Gage and Jamison Crowder also check in. Jacoby Myers, which really – it. I don't want to put him on this list because I really feel like at any second he's going to break out. But when you put up less than one fantasy point, you're going to the bench. I'm done with it now. Got to score a touchdown. It's time. Uh, Michael Gallup checking in as well as Christian Kirk, Nicole Hardman, Elijah Moore, and Marquez Calloway, who, like you said, I don't understand why this isn't working yet, but it's still not working. So until they figure it out, I can't start him. Who do you like for uh, quarterbacks this week? Love and Josh Allen needs a little revenge. Those redemption games are very good, uh, and the matchup is a good one. Lamar Jackson, uh, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert. Matthew Stafford's down at six on my list, and that's purely because uh, I think the ankle's going to affect his mobility just a little bit, and there's just a lot of noise with the Odell Beckham Jr. thing. I just think that maybe it's not going to be all about the wide receivers this week. Um, still a lot of points, though. Russell Wilson coming back. He's got a lot to prove. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers, of course, if he gets cleared. If it's Jordan Love, don't start from his love. But Aaron Rodgers is on the field. I'll throw in there. All right. Uh, you'll be happy to know I have uh, your Cowboy quarterback, Dak Prescott, at the top of my list, assuming he's healthy enough to go. Uh, Tom Brady, two. Josh Allen, three. Carson Wentz, four. Patrick Mahomes, five. Matthew Stafford also at uh, six on my list, mm-hmm. uh, coincidentally. Uh, Kyler Murray, who may or may not play. If he plays, I'm, he's at seven on my list. Kirk Cousins, eight. 
Lamar Jackson, 9, Baker Mayfield, 10, and honorable mention to Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Ryan Tannehill. It's the time of year when we all fall in love with him again and he's going to break our hearts, just like clockwork. Um, I am sure you're all surprised to hear Jimmy Garoppolo is on my avoid list. Shocker of all shocks. Also, Matt Ryan checking in there. Trevor Simeon, Jacoby Brissett, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger rounding out my my bottom five, I guess. Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of guys who are kind of on the bubble. Like, I feel like they could have a good game, but there's just just not enough there. There's guys who are definitely going to be good, and then there's kind of this purgatory. There's only a couple I really feel are going to have bad days. What about your list? I think we have more overlap on our avoid lists, actually. I've got uh, Jalen Hurts <laughs> at the top of my avoid list, uh, Russell Wilson, even if he plays, uh, Mike White, uh, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Taylor Heineke, Jimmy Garoppolo, and P.J. Walker rounding out my uh, abbreviated uh, avoid list that only has eight names on it this week. That's all right. I only have nine tight ends on my avoid list. Uh. (laughs) So do I. It's a coincidence. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's just so many that are injured. It's just, it was almost hard to find nine. I just didn't want to start. Um, But people I do want to start, Travis Kelsey's at the top of the list. He seems to have gotten over the yips where he's just giving footballs away. So that's a real positive. Uh, Darren Waller, a very close number two. Kyle Pitts, who might be the best thing about that Falcons team. Mark Andrews and George Kittle. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I think still, despite being on a terrible team, is a good start. Dallas Goddard, Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz, and Pat Firemoose, who, like you said, had a big week last week. I'd like to see it again. Uh, um, you're, you're not going to like my avoid list, but uh, very sure um, I'm not going to like your avoid list. <laughs> my top list has uh, Travis Kelsey at the top of it, uh, Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox, assuming that he's uh, playing um, well this week, Austin Hooper, Pat Fryermuth, Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby, and Mo Alley Cox, uh, rounding out my top ten. Okay. All right, Moel Cox only seems to catch touchdown passes, but that's fine when, you know, that's how you're scoring. So that works. Um, top of my avoid list is Rob Gronkowski. If for some reason he is active, don't start him. The man's got bad ribs, he's got a bad back, he's got a punctured lung. It's just not worth it. They aren't going to need him. Uh, David Njoku and, and Austin Hooper also. Yeah, that's true. Maybe his girlfriend knows the place. So I don't know. Uh, I can tell you I don't think he's studying film while he's injured. No, no. Jared Cook and Ty Conklin, uh, Tyler Conklin, still not Ty Conklin, the former backup goaltender. Uh, Johnny Smith, Cameron Breit, Dan Arnold, and Zach Ertz. I just wish Dan Arnold could go back to the Panthers and the shit could just write itself there. It's just not that that trade didn't work for anybody. Ruined. Yeah, but Ruined now Sam with Sam Darnold not going to be starting there anymore either. I mean, he's, you know, there's no way they're starting him over Cam Newton when he comes back. So maybe he can go to the Jaguars and, uh, you know, yeah. who knows. Or they'll be reunited on some third team. We, almost, we had a very brief DJ Bathard sighting last week, which was very exciting. And Trevor Lawrence came back, and the Jaguars were still in Jaguars. But we came very close, people. My tight end avoid list has uh, TJ Hawkinson at the top of it, followed by Darren Waller, George Kittle, 
Dallas Goddard, Dan Arnold, Ricky Seals-Jones, um, or Logan Thomas, whoever starts, Gerald Everett, and Ryan Griffin and Ian Thomas, who I, I, I intend to put those three guys on the list because there's no way anybody I know would start any of them anyway. But since I was trying to put together a list of 10, I only made it to nine, and that was with putting two or three guys on there that nobody I know would start. <laughs> That's okay. It was a stretch. It was a stretch to find tight ends to avoid this week. I will, I will give you that. Um, and then defenses, did you bring your tiers? Did you go with 10? Like, how are you feeling this week on defenses? I'm, I do have 10. They're, I could tier them if you want, but I'll just go with a straight 10. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Arizona, the Rams, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Denver, Green Bay, Baltimore, and Seattle are 10 defenses that I really like this week. Okay. Um, we had definitely some overlaps. I've got the Cardinals at the top of my list, the Bills, Steelers, Ravens, and Buccaneers rounding out my top five, the Colts, Titans, Rams, Saints, and the Browns checking in at number 10. Great. Uh, my avoid list has Atlanta, which is good news for you, um, Washington, the Jets, Chargers, Carolina, Jacksonville, San Francisco, Las Vegas, New England, and Minnesota. Those are 10 offense, uh, ten defenses I would be trying to avoid this week. Yeah, I've got the, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Panthers, uh, Jets, Patriots, Broncos, WTF, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. There's not a lot of defenses I do like this week. I think there's a lot of scoring in a lot of these games. All right, speaking of which, shall we get to our game picks? Yeah, let's do it. We got, we got one kicking off in about 45 minutes. Who do you like it? All right, and that would be uh, Baltimore, uh, Miami. Um, on paper, you would think Baltimore would win this game pretty easily, but, of course, they play football on a field, not on paper. And I don't know, no. they seem to have been playing down to the level of their competition in recent weeks. I think they still win this game, but it's closer than it needs to be. I'll go with the final score of uh, Ravens 27, Dolphins 24. I went with the Ravens 30-17. to 17. Um, I'm a little concerned about the wide receiver depth all of a sudden, and Jacoby Brissett hasn't looked particularly sharp. I think that Ravens defense will uh, certainly be a difference maker in this one. So I think we, we both feel pretty good about the Ravens winning this. It is Thursday night, though, so anything can happen. All right, uh, I feel much more confident about this next game, which I felt confident about the Saints last weekend, too, um, playing Atlanta, and that didn't work out. But uh, we'll see. This week well, we Atlanta goes on the road to Dallas. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work out well for uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Kyle Pitts and company, but uh, I think assuming Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott are healthy enough, I think this is a route for Dallas. I'll go with a final score. Of Dallas 37, Atlanta 24. I have Dallas winning 31 21. Um, I'm hoping last week was a wake up call. I, as a Cowboys fan, am always just pretty much expecting the worst, but I think they'll come out and this Atlanta defense still isn't good. They're still not a good defense, so the Cowboys need to show, hey, we are still a good football team. And if you lose to the, the Falcons, just, just cancel the rest of the season. It's, it's done. <laughs> All right, next up we've got the uh, Buffalo Bills who lost somehow to Jacksonville last week, traveling to the New York Jets who have somehow beaten uh, two pretty good teams 
um, at home this season. Um, but I just don't, I think Buffalo, you know, hopefully like Dallas got a wake up call last week. They'll yeah. write the ship this week. The Jets, you know, they've gotten good quarterback play to the point where Zach Wilson might only be there. He might be a, you know, second pick overall, but he's probably their third best quarterback on the roster right now. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think this will, uh, um, be decidedly one uh, sided in uh, Buffalo's favor. I'll go with a final score of 34 uh, 21. I got Buffalo winning 30 23. I think Mike White really does bring a different dynamic to this, this Jets team. I think they're just a little more carefree and seem to just be playing well with him. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Uh, the Bills are not the team we saw last week. I'm very confident in that. And so they're certainly going to bounce back. They're going to win. And, but I think the Jets will hang around. I think as long as Mike White doesn't hit his hand on anyone else's helmet, he should be fine. All right. Next up, we've got uh, one of the more interesting matchups of the day, and that's Cleveland traveling to New England. Hard to bet against New England at home. You know, they've been playing better the last few weeks. But uh, Cleveland, I just think that um, – now that they don't have the Odell Beckham Jr. distraction anymore, maybe that'll be a turning point for them. Baker Mayfield looked really good against the Bengals last week, who may not be as good as uh, we thought they were a few weeks back before they lost to the Jets and then yeah. the Browns. But uh, I think Cleveland um, pulls this one out on the road, I'll say by a field goal, late field goal um, in a pretty high-scoring game. I'll say Cleveland 30, Patriots 27. I want Cleveland winning 28-23. I think this is going to be a very good game to watch. I feel a lot better if Nick Chubb gets cleared to play before this game, which I'm I'm thinking he's going to, but you just don't know. New England does a really good job of neutralizing what you do best and forcing you to do the things you're not as good at. But the problem is is Cleveland, like, they can run and throw the ball right now. So, uh, like you said, Baker Mayfield looked good last week. I think he's going to look good against this week. Uh, New England's not much better off on the running back side of things. So if I had to pick Baker Mayfield or Mac Jones, I'm picking Baker Mayfield right now. So I've got Cleveland winning in a close one, 28-23. Hey, um, we've got Detroit with a road game at Pittsburgh. Uh, I suppose (laughs) if if Jacksonville can beat Buffalo, then anything is possible because – yeah, Detroit is probably worse than Jacksonville, but Pittsburgh definitely not as good as Buffalo, at least in my mind. But uh, I just no. I don't see Detroit getting their first win of the season uh, at Pittsburgh on the road against that defense. Uh, I'll go with Pittsburgh to win this pretty easily. I'll say Pittsburgh 27, Detroit 17. I've got Pittsburgh winning 20 to 13. Um, I, I think this will be a little closer of a game. I think it's Pittsburgh defense and the defense alone. Maybe a little bit of Najee Harris. That's going to be the difference maker here. I really wanted to pick Detroit to win this, but they're in Pittsburgh. And for whatever reason, Pittsburgh has decided they're a good football team now, despite the fact that like, literally they're just getting more injured than they were. Um, so it could be a long day for Jared Goff. I'm a little worried about that, but this is certainly not must-see TV this week. Sorry. Lions and Pittsburgh fans and Steelers fans, but like, no. we got better options. <laughs> so next up, we've got uh, 
Jacksonville on the road um, at Indianapolis. And I may be mistaken, but somehow this feels like it's uh, Indy's third uh, home game in a row. They were um, home against Tennessee two weeks ago, home against the Jets last week, and now they're home against Jacksonville this week. So maybe they're not playing any road games uh, anymore. Either that or they're going to be playing all road games from here on out. But uh, anyway... um, I, I don't think this game will be particularly close to either Jacksonville. You know, good on them that they were able to beat the Bills last week. But uh, Indianapolis, like Pittsburgh, um, seems to be rebounding from the slow start and some heartbreaking losses. Uh, I'll go with them to win this one easily. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 31, and uh, James Robinson, 21. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Indy to win this, whether or not Carson Wentz is there or has a new kid or any of that. Uh, I think T.Y. Hilton's back. I think Jacksonville is still Jacksonville. Even with James Robinson back, uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't look like he was moving around very well. I think that ankle is still going to be a factor. And the Indianapolis defense is pretty good. So I'm taking Indy to win 28-17. Okay. Next up, uh, one of the more interesting games of the day, I think, uh, New Orleans. Alvin Kamara may be banged up. Uh, they're traveling to Tennessee, which obviously has had some running back issues uh, of their own the last few weeks yes. with uh, Derrick Henry out for the count. Um, um, and I want to go on a tangent in a second here, but in this particular <laughs> game, I think uh, Ryan Tannehill and crew will um, have just enough to win at home. Uh, I'll say by a field goal, Tennessee 27, New Orleans 24. I've got New Orleans winning this by a field goal, 24-21, mainly because I think their defense is better. Um, I think that even though I want Adrian Peterson to to work and I I really want Ryan Tannehill to work, I think that New Orleans is just going to come in and sneak one out here. Hopefully Alvin Kamara plays, but even if it's just Mark Ingram, I think they'll still be okay. I I think they sneak out a, a late field goal and steal one in Tennessee. Next up, we've got uh, the Tom Brady's uh, traveling to Washington, and this uh, also seems like a mismatch to me. I mean, you know, who knows, Tampa Bay coming off a bye week and a loss before that, but uh, I think they'll rebound nicely and double up on Washington. I'll say final score of the Tampa Bay 34 and the WTF 17. I know this sounds crazy, but... I'm actually picking Washington to win this game, <laughs> I think. I'm the only one on the planet. But hear me out. They're going to be Tampa Bay. Yes, they're very good. They're going to be without Gronk. They're likely without Antonio Brown. They may be without Chris Godwin. Sure, there's still Mike Evans out there. Sure, Cameron Braid's still good. They still have a decent defense. But the Washington defense looks better. They're coming off a bye week. Taylor Heineke is just crazy enough that I think he's going to try to make this work. I think Terry McLaurin has a big day. I think all of the running backs are involved here, and I think Washington steals this by four points. I have them winning 28-24. All right. Uh, Might not be the man you will be but... getting a You'll be getting a text <laughs> from me on the way home from a uh, um, weekend trip if, if that comes to pass, but we'll see. Um, Carolina at Arizona came leading off the late afternoon slate. Um, 
Yeah, I, again, this doesn't look like a competitive game to me, you know, especially if uh, Kyler Murray and Andre Hopkins are able to play. Uh, even with Christian McCaffrey, I think he'll be less of a factor if they get behind uh, um, by a big amount uh, quickly, which I think is likely to happen. So I'll go with Arizona by two touchdowns at home. I'll say the James Connors 31 and the Christian McCaffrey 17. I'm going to Arizona winning 28-13. I think you're right. I think they're going to get up early. They'll be running the ball a lot late. It's it's just P.J. Walker against this Arizona defense, even without J.J. Watt and if Buda Baker doesn't play. like he's, Chandler Jones is going to be in his face all day long, and that's just a lot to ask for a team that doesn't have a whole lot to support him either. So Arizona, I think, wins this pretty handily. All right. This next game I think we're going to disagree on. Uh, Minnesota at the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers um, each one out on the road against a not very good Philadelphia team last week. So they they didn't get the game away as they you know, have been prone to do in past seasons. But uh, and Minnesota found a way to lose yet another game after finding a way to improbably come back at the end of regulation. But uh, I think the Vikings are going to figure out how to get a road win here. Um, Central zone time zone teams traveling to the West Coast um, tend to do um, better than most uh, teams that travel. But uh, I think Minnesota is good enough, and by gosh, they're they're smart enough. And uh, we'll see here. I'll go Minnesota 31, Chargers 27. I'm going to pleasantly surprise you with this and agree that the Vikings are going to win this game. And it's for one reason and one reason only, and that's because the Chargers defense gives up more than 20 more yards per game to running backs on average than any other team in the league. They're giving up like 180 rush yards on average. And if I've got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and anyone else they want to put under center running against this Chargers defense, I'm going to take them to win. I think somehow, some way, if Minnesota can just get out of their own way, maybe just don't even let Kirk Cousins touch the ball, that would probably be best. They can find a way to to fall into a win and win 33-28. There's a lot of scoring. I don't think there's a lot of defense in this game, but I think it's Dalvin Cook is is the difference. Next up, we've got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Denver, and Denver not as good as they looked uh, early in the season when they started out 3-0, and but uh, they're still better than the Eagles, um, I'll say by a field goal. Uh, could easily be more, but I'll go with uh, Denver 24, um, Philadelphia 21, as Denver vanquishes its uh, second straight NFC East foe. Yeah, I've got Denver winning by a field goal, so I've got 23-20. This is two teams that don't make any sense. On paper, Denver should be great. On paper, Philly should at least be above average, and neither of them play in any way, shape, or form in the way they should. I still don't understand how any of these wide receivers work in Denver right now because whoever I think is going to have a good game is just, like, non-existent. So I think it's Jerry Judy's week. I think this is his week to, to be the number one. I don't know. I could just as easily see Philly winning this game because every now and then something weird like that happens. But I'm going to go Denver 23-20. So now the final Sunday afternoon game has Seattle traveling to Green Bay. And this is one of those rare games where you're not quite sure who the starting quarterback for either team is going to be. But uh sounds like Russell Wilson is on track to play. But uh, we'll see. Um 
I'm betting that uh, somehow, some way that uh, that uh, Aaron Rodgers and not Joe Rogan is going to be starting with quarterback for the Packers this week. So, you know, based on that um, <laughs> intuition, I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay to win this game, uh, 24 to 21. I. I'm actually I'm picking the Vikings to win this week. I'm also going to pick against Green Bay, which I don't do a lot. I'm picking Seattle to come into Green Bay, win 30, 31-24. I, and really, I could see it being even more of a blowout in Seattle's favor. Aaron Rodgers hasn't taken a snap in almost two weeks by the time this game's played. Everyone's out of sync. Half the team hasn't played together over the last month between COVID and injuries. I think it's going to be just enough. They get behind early. They're trying to play catch-up. Seattle's getting a little healthier. Russell Wilson's coming out. He's looking good at practice. He's got a lot to prove. Wants everyone to remember how valuable he is. I think Green Bay's going to get stunned a little bit here. I think they in no way are in danger of winning this game. Right. This might be another one we have to have a chat about uh, after the actual <laughs> game. Do you who, uh, who who prognosticated that? If, one if these all hit, we're um, all buying lottery tickets next week. <laughs> next up is uh, Kansas City at Las Vegas. If Las Vegas hadn't had all the distraction and the turmoil the last couple weeks, I might be tempted to pick them. And as it is, I still think it'll be a close game. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs to uh, continue their their sort of mini rebound here. They've beaten some bad teams the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'll go with uh, Kansas City by a field goal of 30 to 27. Just saying, for everyone who's trying to tell me that the Chiefs defense is much improved, like maybe we could just look at who they played the last two weeks, like Love, Daniel Jones. I, I'm just saying they're going to make a lot of people look good, but um, I'm going to take Kansas City to win this, even though if it were played last week, I would have taken Vegas strictly because after daylight savings time, Las Vegas is a below 500 team for the last couple of years. And what did we do last week? We turned the clocks back. Vegas can't win this game. I've got Kansas City winning 31-27. It's hard-hitting science here, so, people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. In this. At least we were only a point off in our uh, – but yeah. if I had told you that Kansas City was only going to score 34 points combined in the last two weeks and yet win both those games, you would probably say, no way that's happening, but, yeah. but it did. So, Well, um, I also feel better they might get knows. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back. I think that will change the look of this of this team a little bit, I hope. My fantasy All right, and then uh, capping off the week, we've got Monday night game uh, – uh, another uh, division rivalry game with the NFC West. Uh, the Rams, Odell Beckham Jr. in tow, but it sounds like he probably won't suit up for the first week, but um, stranger things have happened. Anyway, they're um, yeah. on the road against San Francisco team that really seems to be imploding, and I think Matthew Stafford and crew will bounce back and uh, win this game pretty easily. I'll say uh, the Matthew Stafford's thirty and the Jimmy Garoppolo is twenty. I'm I'm gonna take the Matthew Stafford's thirty and the Jimmy Garoppolo's nineteen. So we're right in line there. Uh Odell Beckham Jr. will be there, he'll be in a jersey, he'll be causing a ruckus, but uh the the 49ers are just not a, a very good football team despite what they would like us to believe. Maybe it's a different quarterback, things should be different, but uh their defense is not 
not what it once was. And their offense is going to turn the ball over, especially against a Rams defense. So conservatively, I think the Rams only score 30 points. So that's who we've got. We'd love to hear who you guys are picking. If you're on board with any of these, these upsets we're going with here, or I'm really going with here. Um, and before we leave you, a couple of daily fantasy picks for your reminder. We are giving you value picks. These are guys who are going to give more bang for your buck so that you can start the Dalvin Cooks of the world. This is going to save you a little coin. Uh, at quarterback, as much as I don't want it to be real, Matt Ryan, very much a chance to throw the football a whole lot. Mike White, who I'm, I'm just into watching right now. Carson Wentz and Teddy Bridgewater, old Teddy Tuglove. Uh, running back Michael Carter, it, I think, has a very big potential in uh, New York. Melvin Gordon, I I, Javante Williams, Denver, and Tony Pollard in Dallas. At wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, I think the Bills obviously are going to score more than they did last week. With Colby really banged up, he's going to get some more looks. Jerry Judy, I think it's going to be him this week, but like throw a dart at the list of Broncos wide receivers and see what happens. Russell Gage, uh, Jacoby Myers might get his first touchdown this week. I'm really hopeful. And T.Y. Hilton, who's back, and Drew Vander Price at tight end, Dan Arnold. Uh, R.I.P. that Panthers, Darnold to Arnold connection, but we'll take what we can. Noah Font and Pat Fryermuth. Defensively, the Packers and the Buccaneers are both really good values if you're looking for stacks. The Jets are going to be great value-wise. Um, the Bills, the Broncos, the Eagles even, and uh, Jacoby Myers and Mac Jones look good. So we have given you everything you need, all the tools to win across the board on your fantasy teams this week. If you have any questions, you can find us all week long. Uh, like I said, anywhere you download your favorite podcast, we'll be back with you next Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time and find us on social media. Good luck this guy, this week, guys, unless, of course, you're playing us. <laughs>